Good morning, Charged Up Studio listeners. Welcome back once again to another episode where you get charged up for success. I'm Dana Olivo, your host and CEO of Marketatomy LLC. Today's special guest is one who has his finger on the pulse of technology and how it can assist small businesses in saving money using some of the tricks only used by banks and credit unions to save interest. Dennis Williams is the managing member of Cash Map Consulting LLC and is focused on equipping people to confidently strengthen their finances, providing choices, security while mitigating risk and decreasing debt. He's the creator of the innovative and transformational finance application, Cash Map, and the accompanying eight-week coaching course that guides participants through the process of using their current spending and applying a simple process routinely used on a daily basis by banks and credit unions to save interest, pay off debt in half the time, and boosting their savings. Dennis lives with his wife, Linda, in Bellingham, Washington, earned his MBA from the University of Hawaii, Manoa, and has served for over 25 years as an executive in operations, finance, and human resources. Let's please welcome to Charged Up Studio all the way from Hawaii, Mr. Dennis Williams. Hi, Dennis. Hey, good morning. Thanks for the opportunity to to share with you and your listeners this morning. So what's the weather like in Hawaii right now? It is, we've been having a lot of rain. But the temperature is much better than it is in Washington. We're looking at lows of 70 and highs of 81. Oh, see, that's perfect. It is. Weather. <laughs> it is. I wish we would have that right now. So. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. Back, back, home, back home, it's down in the low 40s already. So uh, I'm enjoying yes. it. No, that's perfect weather. So where is Manau? Where is Manoa? It? Where is that in relation to the Big Island and everything? Um, oh, um, Manoa is um, kind of a section of Honolulu on the island of Oahu. Okay. So that's the, that's the main campus for the University of Hawaii. Um, they have another campus in Hilo as well. And so their graduate program is primarily in, in Honolulu at the Manoa campus. Okay. Okay. I've been to uh, Oahu. Oahu. <laughs> Um, there you go. Yes, yes. I've been there before, but that's the only island I went and visited so far. So anyway. You have to go back. Each one is very different. So before we get started with questions about your product, can you please tell our listeners why you decided to develop this app and why it is so special to the vision of your company? Uh, about 12, 13 years ago, I was running a small mortgage company in Kirkland, Washington, which is kind of near where the Microsoft campus is. And one day, an account manager from representing an Australian bank, they had just introduced a a new product that was totally, totally different than anything else that had been in the market. And he dropped by to, um, to train our loan officers. And he started his presentation with the following statement. How would you like to show your clients 
how they can pay off their mortgage in half the time without changing their spending. And the interest rate doesn't matter. Hmm. So if somebody asked you that question, what would you say, Dana, if you heard it? I'd what would be your reaction? I'd probably say that they're, you know, you, you've got to do some convincing here because I can't see that happening. Yeah, it's a, it seemed too good to be true, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so here this guy walks in our office and says, let me show you, let me show you this product and this is what it does. Our loan officers struggle to be able to understand it. I heard it and thought, this sounds like a scam. That's what and I was thinking, yeah. Uh-huh. Sounds like a scam. So I... I decided to start poking into it while I was talking to the guy. And as he started to talk, I began to realize that what he was saying was true. But I didn't entirely understand the why. And because our loan officers had a hard time being able to explain it, uh, I took on the role of being able to develop training materials. And so they would bring their customers and I would do the presentation and close the deal and then they would kind of proceed with kind of quoting the rate and you know the rest of the items that needs to get done with the mortgage but as i began to dig, dig into it i realized that there was an element in managing our finances that none of us had been taught and and as i learned what it was um and I actually uh, then actually had a case of an individual who had been crushed by a crane, one of those big construction cranes. They didn't think he would live. He had declared bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, U U.S. Bank had actually rejected his, his application because of bankruptcy. So he came to me. I went to my local bank, a regional bank called Banner Bank, met with my, my uh, banker showed her the work I had done. And she looked at me and she said, I've been in the business for 25 years. I know all about the average daily balance, but we've never been taught what the implications are as it relates to how we do our spending. She ended up going to her senior executives and asked if I might be able to present the principal to some of their customers, one of whom is now my CPA. Their comment was the same. This is not something we're taught. As soon as he saw it, he realized it was true. And so when I went back home to Hawaii and showed it to a few friends, their comment was, wow, this could really change people's lives. And they offered money for me to be able to develop an application that people could end up using. And so that's, that's kind of how the story started. By the way, that individual who came and made the application to refinance his home, not only did the bank underwriters find it intriguing, they gave him more money than he was even asking for. And he was absolutely thrilled. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, that takes care of my next question. It was, you know, did you originally start thinking, start out thinking about this app or is it something where you noticed a gap in the marketplace? And it sounds more like it was brought to your attention, but there was also a learning gap, an education gap between the consumers and the banks when it Correct. came to this, right? 
and, and and even internally for banks, and this was this has been one of my biggest challenges um, rolling this out that I had no idea I was going to have, and that is um, the the simple reality that as I talked with my banker, and by the way, she ended up actually helping me edit the educational section of my app around the information around working with your bank. Her comment was, we as banking staff are not trained about this. And it makes sense because the banks are in the business of making revenue off of collecting interest. They're not in the business of coaching their customers how to pay the least amount of interest uh, in, in order to pay off a loan. Right. Nor are they in the business of of giving people advice over how to minimize their service fees. That's true. That's right? true. Yes. So, so the banking staff aren't educated on this either. And so as I show this to her, like one of the things that I, I, uh, that, that we talk about is rescheduling the timing you pay your bills to your benefit. And her comment to me was, I had no idea I could rescheduling, I could reschedule the time I pay my bills. And she gave me a list of her vendors that she and her husband used to see if she could, she could change the pay date. And every single one of them she could, with the exception of the rubbish bill. Um, they, but they have just a really long grace period, so it didn't matter. So she ended up taking it on using the concept and herself saving thousands of dollars. Wow. Well, that's something we're definitely going to have to learn more about. So in my intro to you, we talked about um, what did you mean when, when you say your focus is on providing added security for small business? What do you mean by that statement? Um, well, there's, there's two things. <clears throat> Be a couple of little um, factoids that I was surprised by. Um, number one, I mean, one of the reactions I get from people is, do you, do the banks like what you're doing? Is this, is this honest? Um, and one of the things that I've learned over time has been until the late 1600s, early 1700s, as the development of the new world and the Caribbean started, once upon a time, if you charge someone interest, you are condemned to eternal hell. And in England, if you actually died while you were lending someone money, the crown confiscated your possessions. So the idea of charging interest is a relatively new phenomenon. And so this whole thing of managing money is, is a, it's an evolving process that we're kind of beginning to see with the whole Bitcoin. It never stays static. So, so that's one thing for people to, um, to understand. And similarly, in, in, in England, what people used to do was get together in their neighborhood, pool their money, and build a home. And everyone would pay until every member in the group had their home and there was no interest charged. So the idea of financing to build a house did not always involve interest. That's my point. 
My second item, as relates to small businesses as well, is that since 1795, the United States has had 48 recessions. The cause of the recessions have been almost identical, and it has been government attempting to stimulate the economy. It overheats it. Demand causes speculation. It collapses. And in the early years, many banks would go out of business and people would lose their money. Because of that impact, we've now moved to a mindset of protecting banks and other large corporations from failing. But it leaves individuals and small businesses exposed with risk. And so by using this strategy to minimize your interest costs, it allows you to accelerate getting rid of debt, putting you in a more secure position for when the inevitable, inevitable occurs and you end up having a disruption in income. Wow. So, so what initially seemed as though um, the, this, this process, this app that you have was cutting out banks I mean, cutting out their revenue generation you know, for banks, basically. What you're really doing, what's really happening is you're opening up a way for us to take control back from the banks as far as our finances and things like that. I mean, you know, we all know that recessions, they happen cyclical and they seem to happen what, yep. every 10 years or whatever. Yep. And it's always the same things, you know, um, as far as that's concerned. And we always knew it was government behind it all. <laughs> we always knew that. Why do we, it's, it's just like, and I hate to even say this, what we're doing with COVID, okay? Why are we so willing to just let it happen? Well, I think the problem is, is that the biggest challenge for all of us is number one, we're busy just living life. And unless somebody had told me to go do the research and to see this bigger picture, I would never have thought to even do it. Yeah. And so once you begin to recognize the bigger picture and see how as much as things change, they stay the same. Right. Right. It doesn't cause you to stop and ask the question, okay, what, what might I do differently here? And the really cool thing about it, which, which you've, we, you, I touched on, but we're doing all of this without changing your spending. Now, somebody decides they want to change their spending, the impact is even greater. Right, right. Right? And so that's really what my... My, my application does is it allows you to take a picture of your current spending, see what the future impact is going to be rather than most budgeting apps where they zero in on here's how much you want to spend and you're off and help you stay on track. Not there's enough budgeting apps. So I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in saying, take what you're, where you currently are. And now, play it forward 
over what it's going to mean as it relates to where it's going to put you in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. How much more are you paying out on that original mortgage, you know, over the 30 years, as opposed to what the actual cost was? You know, so like, well, how much that, are you buying that mortgage for? Well, it, it, it actually will tell you how much sooner you can pay it off by putting your money to work for you. And second, it then goes back and says, well, you can start going along this line and saying, what if I did this? What if I did that? What effect will it have? And the application will show you what it will do. So now all of a sudden, you're in a role of being motivated because you can see the effect of making changes that up to this point in time, consumers don't have that option. Right. I mean, short of of doubling up on payments or something like that, you know, and front loading the principal on it. Yes. So now you move into the next piece, which is why, as relates to small businesses specifically, Mm -hmm. there are so many small businesses that use lines of credit and they're paying more interest than they have to. So what Mm -hmm. do I mean by that? Yes. The standard way that most people manage their line of credit is they'll take the money from the line of credit and use it and wait for the bank to build them at the end of the billing cycle. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, their cash is sitting in the checking account doing absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Because... Waiting for them to spend it. Yeah, waiting for them to spend it. Waiting for them to spend it. And people people are missing the opportunity that a line of credit is as fluid as a checking account. You can take money out, and of course you put it back. You take it out, you put it back. Just imagine instead of leaving your cash sitting in the checking account, which is what the banks use, as collateral to borrow up to 20 times the balance. And that's how they make money off of lending. Take that money and now move it all into the line of credit, everything. Now, when I say that, people's response is gonna be, well, how do I pay my bills? Well, when you need to pay the bill, you just move the money back to the checking account and use your checking account as a clearing account. Hmm. Just, just in time. Right. The second part of this is this, and, and I'll, I'll give you this little example just to keep it easy. If there was a bank that was going to pay you 20% interest. And again, it doesn't exist, but if there was, and you understood that the bank is going to pay you based on your average daily balance for the month. You would put your money in that account as quickly as you got it, right? Right. Because you want to keep the balance as high as you can all month long. Right. Right. Now, what does that mean as far as when are you going to take money out to pay your bills? you're going to want to pay it on the last possible day because you want to keep the balance as high as possible. 
So what you're saying is change the due dates. So you, you would change, exactly. You would change the due date of your bill to the last possible day so you could keep that balance as high as possible. And so yeah. you'd maximize earning the interest. Right. Well, it works exactly the same way in a line of credit, but it has the effect of minimizing the average daily balance is what the bank uses to charge you interest. Hmm. So people ask me, oh, what, what's the skill here? Well, I'll ask him. So uh, how good are you at making withdrawals from your bank account? Oh, I'm pretty good at that. Online, online, it's easy. <laughs> and so how, are, how good are you at putting money in the bank? Oh, I can do that too. Well, great. Then that's, that's really all we're taking advantage of here is understanding the way that uh, what the system works and actually now using it to your benefit so that you pay less interest. I mean, this is all fascinating, you know, in the sense where there's a lot in here that makes common sense. Okay. Um, and then there's, there's other things where, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, me, if, if I had a line of credit, first of all, I would only use that for when I needed it. Okay. So I wouldn't transfer the whole thing into my checking account, you know, or anything like that because of that, um, which is what you're saying. You want to leave it in the line of credit because from what I understand, you're saying that the banks borrow money based on what the cash that they have in checking accounts. Yeah, checking and savings accounts. They they use it as collateral. They use it as collateral. So basically, we're paying for them to make money with our money. Which and then they're generous. They they're so generous. They give you back 0.1 percent, if anything at all. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I, I I'm, that. I'm abundantly I'm abundantly uh, grateful for their generosity. <laughs> right. No, it's, I mean, it's the same thing with your 401ks and your Kios and all this other one things, you know. Um, and in fact, the government's trying to stop self-directed IRAs and, and 401ks right now because they can't keep track of them, you know. Yep. And we, you know, we're, we're going to self-directed because we're not getting the money out of the banks, out of the stock yep. market, you know, or anything like that. So yep. um, let's talk a little bit um, about okay. what opportunities are we missing? So, okay, so that's perfect. You yeah. said something that was absolutely profound. Right. Oh, I did. Okay. <laughs> you said, I don't, you view a line of credit as a mechanism that increases debt, correct? As long as, and when I use it. Yeah, when yeah. I use it, okay. So, 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 if you could get, if you could create a, a get a loan that was at at one and a half percent, would you want it? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you had a loan one at one and a half percent, what would you do with it? Um. Well, it depends on what I asked for the loan, the loan for, you know, whether it was 
I, I teach my clients, okay, if you're going to borrow money, you know, you borrow money to make more money. Exactly. You borrow, yeah, you don't borrow money to spend on a car or anything like that or, or a vacation. Not borrowed, okay? So, so you're, you're saying you're going to use debt to purchase an asset of increasing value. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Now, if I had a loan at 1.5% and I had a debt from the bank that's higher than that, I'm now in effect, using the bank system to my benefit where I can leverage the bank's money to accelerate getting rid of a debt that I have. And by making an additional payment that otherwise I couldn't make, what I'm now doing is I'm, with every additional payment that I make, I'm now accelerating the amortization table right. and I'm, I'm leaping over interest payments I would otherwise have to make. Right, right. And in that respect, with, with using the bank's money, I can now accelerate paying something off faster at a lower cost than I could ever do with the money that I had without the line of credit. And so, that's the other part of what I teach. Okay, so I'm confused there. We've got a loan that, that I've been able to get for one and a half percent. And I've got well, a higher interest rate one at the bank. Yep. Yep. Okay. So what are you saying we do? Do we pay off the one at the bank? Yes. Um, in small little chunks. In by doubling small, up payments. And by yeah, well, it's more than doubling a payment. So, that, okay. so remember the beginning point that I made where you can pay it off in half the time. Okay. Well, that's okay. how I'm able to pay it off in half the time. The typical option given to us by banks for accelerating paying off a loan is, is biweekly, which is only one additional payment a month. I mean, uh, excuse me, a year. Right. So, Doing that reduces the payoff time to 27 and a half years from 30. Mm -hmm. But this strategy to cut it off in half brings it down to 15 years and I didn't change my spending and I didn't put myself in a 15-year mortgage that if my income changes will stress me out. Because the unexpected happened, and now I'm having a hard time making a 15-year payment. So, and, I, and, and I'm able to do all of this by using my current income. Just by just putting my income to work, I'm able to create a scenario that otherwise I could never do. Okay, so instead of like the, 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 the bi-weekly payment which would double up the payments, okay, yep. which would only get me 27 years on as opposed to 30. Yep. Okay. What are you saying? You double the, the initial principal payment or what? What happens is the, um, what, what, we, what we did was, depending on the person's income, the money they have left after they pay their bills, 
we, we use a, a proprietary formula that basically says, here's how much you take off and how often you do it. And it tells you the exact amount to do it. And then it tells you by doing this repeatedly, here's how much you'll save in interest costs. And here's how much faster you can pay off a loan. And so, and, and while you're doing that, you're still putting aside money for an emergency fund and it takes that into the account for the equation. So you're both creating security by building up reserves in the event something happens because you don't want to use a line of credit for an emergency fund. Right, right. Because you don't owe it until you use it, right? That's right. Okay. And you're accelerating paying off a debt at the same time. So it's a win-win both sides. And so, you know, I can think of one scenario of this is a personal, this is a, a personal picture, but somebody who's a household's making 160000 a year, they have a mortgage of $439,000 and they only have $500 left at, at the end of the month when they pay their bills. Well, the first year of using this, they'll end up, skipping about $20,000 in interest payments the first year and the, and the cost on the line of credit will only be $120. Hmm. So hmm. is that a good return on your, your investment? Yeah. $120 yeah. for saving yourself 20 grand and okay. they'll be able to have the whole mortgage paid off in 15 years. Right, right. Wow. <laughs> So, so what ends up happening is when people see that and they also see the effect that once that mortgage is paid off, mm-hmm. they can now take those dollars and invest it and they see the accelerating growth that they have. It actually motivates them to say, oh, how might I earn some additional income here so I can make, I can sweeten this thing up even more or maybe I don't need to eat out, eat out so much. Right. Right. All of a sudden they're motivated and it changes the game. Right. Right. So what kind of risks do, are there involved in this? You know what the biggest risk is? The biggest risk is the user. Well, it's the biggest risk is the user is, we're now using a line of credit as a wealth building tool instead right. of a debt building tool. Right. So as long as people keep that in mind, the other thing that this does, it actually improves your credit rate. Yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that, especially when you're paying quicker. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so... So that's it. And so, and then the other risk would be, which we saw in the last big recession, was um, banks, a bank could freeze your line of credit. They can. I know that at but, any time. At, at any time. But if you are, if you are using a small line of credit, versus what some people will tell you is to take big chunks. I just use small chunks. And I've talked to bankers about this. 
they look at the small amount and they'll say, that's not a risk to us at all. So now I actually stay under the radar screen because the amount that I'm using is so small. The ones that are maxed out on their lines of credit are the ones that are in in, uh, dire straits as far as possibly having it frozen because those those banks can call on uh, your financials at any point. And if they don't match up, if they don't agree yeah. with them, they'll go ahead and freeze that line of credit. Exactly. So yeah. because the entire strategy is built around using small amounts of credit, you, you, you stay under the radar screen. And if they do decide to freeze it, well, the amount of credit you're using is so small that you'd be able to pay the whole thing off in a matter of a couple of months. So with interest rates so low, why would you want to pay off that debt? Ah, let's come back to your beginning um, assumption Uh is even though the interest rate is low, if we have an economic downturn and it disrupts your income and you now are having a hard time paying off the debt, how secure are you? Not at all. Yeah. So the idea would be is to accelerate it so that you can maximally be done with it so that at very at a very minimum it puts you in a stronger position so you know one of the things about investing that many people do when they invest is you invest because you believe you're right correct right everybody everybody wants to think in terms of i know i'm right yeah if i I didn't know i was right yes right i wouldn't do it But professional investors ask a different question. They'll say, based on my system, I will invest. But I also know I can be wrong. And if I'm wrong, what will happen? Right. They want to know what what the scenario would look like. Exactly. And most of us never ask that question. And so... That's the way that I'm molding the strategy is you're right. putting yourself in a situation that, yeah, you'd like to think your current cash flow will always be the same. Yeah. But basically the cyclical nature and according to the, uh, the uh, International Monetary Fund in a report they did in 2017, we are looking at a significant correction within the next three years. Yeah. So how much more correction right? can we go through <laughs> in all yeah. honesty? You know, yeah. Yeah. it's, it's, so, you know, if that were to happen, where do you want to be? And, and so that would be my answer yeah. for the reason why I would not want to be carrying debt or, you know, we certainly wouldn't want deflation because if you have deflation happen, that means that, right. The cost of debt is getting more expensive. Right. right. So let's let's get back to the small business owner with what we're saying right here. Okay. If we're looking at another um, correction in the market, okay, uh, say in three, four years. And this being we've had an 83% increase in new business license applications since the beginning of COVID. And with the failure rate of small businesses right now, 
the chances are we're going to see, you know, a massive interrupt two, three years down the road, if that's mm-hmm. the case. Now, the other thing is, is what if there's a small business and they don't have any debt? Can they use your application to save money? So, I, you know, I think one of the things that people always are told mm-hmm. that you, you want to establish a credit record, right? Right. So, like, for example, you said you have a line of credit, but you don't use it. Right. Well, well, again, if I, I have seen people use their line of credit, you can do exactly the same thing. If you knew that you were going to get, I'll just say a five or 6% return, but the cost for you to fund it is one and a half percent. Is that mm-hmm. a good deal? Oh yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so the core, the core issue here is what we're really saying is Put your money to work. So when I'm using the example of, a, of an effective interest rate of one and a half or 2%, what I'm saying is that's the effect of what happens when you put your income to work inside of a line of credit. The effective interest rate just drops that low. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, you're able to use, you're, you're, you're using your money without touching your savings or without touching your cash reserves right. to build wealth. Okay. Okay. And, and, and that's a concept that we're not taught, right? Right. No, definitely. No, we're not. I mean, very few of us are even taught anything about financial management or anything like that growing up or, you know, in school or even afterwards. So, what exactly does your finance app, CashMap, do? So my, my application allows you to put in your spending. And so you plug it in. You see, you see the amount of money you have left after you pay your bills. And I'm going to say that half the people I work with, maybe more than that, don't even know how much money they have after they pay their bills. They think they know, but when they actually go and start lining it up, they're absolutely shocked. They think they have more money than they really do. And why is that? Because when we see money sitting in a checking account and then we walk into a store and we know we have the money, we end up spending on things that really aren't that important to us. It just kind of slips through our fingers. Right. So... So the first step is cash map helps you capture that. Mm-hmm. The second thing cash map then does is it takes you through and asks you key questions like going forward, what are you anticipating your income growth to be? And every time you get a raise, what are you thinking you're not going to spend? So it'll, it'll show you over 15 years what you're, what, what you're saying <laughs> how much money you'll have left after you pay your bill. So it gives you this picture for the first time of over the next few years, here's how much cash goes through my fingers and what am I going to do with it? Right. And then the next step, it says, well, with that, how much are you going to put aside for savings and what percent are you going to earn on it? Mm-hmm. And then lastly, you, you choose a particular debt you want to get rid of. And so with that, 
puts, it uses the strategy of putting your money to work and now gives you a visual of here's, here's what you can expect. Right. Um, in, in, in the future. Right. And you can save it and then you can create another scenario of, of assumptions and compare it. And now you can actually make a forward making decision that before you never could see or know. So that's what CashMap does. And my, the coaching course that I've created because uh -huh. 80% of the people who I have polled have said exactly what you said, we're not trained. And so we don't feel comfortable doing this on our own. So would you guide us? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I do over, to, over an eight to nine week period in which we meet from hour and a half to two hours a week. And just go step by step through the through the principles. Okay. Till mm -hmm. you get to the end where now you're comfortable doing it yourself. And at the end of that nine-week period, I remain available for you to be able to connect and answer and, and ask and, and me answer questions. Okay. Okay. So we're coming up on the end of another episode here. How can listeners get a hold of you or the application? So the name of the application is Cash Map Pro in the Apple Store, and Google is just called Cash Map. And um, my my website address is cashmapapp.com. I also have a a YouTube channel called Cash Map App. You can certainly feel free to email me at Dennis at cashmapconsulting.com. Uh, you can also go to my website and book a time just to connect with me. And, um, and then kind of then go from there. Very good. Thank you. So that concludes our podcast for today. Please leave a review on any of the streaming platforms you're listening to us on or go to our Charged Up Studio Facebook page and leave a review there. Charged Up Studio is a product of Marketatomy Academy, the learning system designed specifically for the micro business owner. For more information and to register for one or more of our many courses, go to marketatomy.academy. I look forward to talking more with you next week when we will be spending our time with another exciting guest eager to help small business owners like yourselves. Talk to you then. Go out and have a charged up week. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you for the opportunity. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.